You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, sponsored by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses. Look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, an official partner of the NFL. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find him on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going today? It's going great. How are you? I am doing well. Good. Matt, it is Dynasty Value Study Day. We do this every Wednesday, and... It, this is this is not going to be a fun one for me. I'm it's your guy. I'm a little bummed. Yeah, this is this is my guy. We're going to talk Juju Smith-Schuster. We talked about him a little bit yesterday with the Chase Claypool uh, discussion. Of course, Claypool off to a hot start and, and had the monster game in Week Five. Deontay Johnson off to a hot start despite uh, a couple of injuries from him. And, and Juju is suddenly looking like the third option in that offense at best. Maybe, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's going to have a prominent role. I think the we talked about this yesterday a little bit. Deontay is going to be number one. Claypool is just taking the league by storm and too good to keep off the field. But they do rotate a lot of different skill guys. And Juju's played well. I, I mean, I, I think that he's going to have big games. I think that there'll be times where the opposing slot corner is weak and they'll go his direction a lot. So when it's all said and done, he probably is second on the team in targets and, and, and production when it's all said and done. But Claypool might have more value long term. Right. What At this point, based on what you know, and, and you know a lot there, uh, based in Pittsburgh, of course, what are the percentages that Juju is back with the Steelers in 2021? It's not that they dislike him. It's just Ben makes a lot of money. They have Bud Dupree amongst others that are free agents. That I think they look at Juju, plus they do a pretty nice job of drafting receivers. I think they'll probably look at Juju as expendable. You get the comp pick for him down the road. He doesn't have... He's going to demand a lot of money is the thing. I mean, when he gets on the open market, he's going to get paid and paid very well. He's still remarkably young for as productive as he's been. So I'm going to say 20% that he's back. All right. I think I think that's probably where a lot of people are. Uh, those mm-hmm. Those rumors have been out there for a while now. We've talked about it on this show and on the Dynasty Blueprint several times. And it seems like the longer we go along, the more of a reality that becomes. I still don't know how, as as a Juju fan and as, as someone who has him on a lot of my Dynasty rosters, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I think it, it could be a good thing for him. Sure. We've seen We've seen other players leave Pittsburgh, uh, other receivers leave Pittsburgh and, and have some success. Uh, but... You know, anytime you've got a receiver changing teams, it, it's it's a little scary as far as how that transition is going to be. And was it just the scheme or was it the quarterback or the coaching staff that really led to 
to their success. So we will find out about that. History isn't real kind to teams or receivers changing teams. Yeah, typically not. Um, the, the numbers, as you mentioned, have not been maybe as bad as, as we think uh, with Juju. He was wide receiver seven in week one on the back of two touchdowns, caught six passes for 69 yards in that game. Uh, that's certainly been by far his best game. Week two, wide receiver 41. Week three, wide receiver 27, catches four balls and one of those going for a touchdown. They were off week four and then in week five, outside of the top 50 wide receivers, catches four passes again, but only for 28 yards. And of course, uh, it was it was Chase Claypool really stealing the show. Uh, currently, Juju Smith-Schuster is ranked as the wide receiver nine at DLF. Uh, his ADP is is kind of in line with that as well. Wide receiver 10 in our new October Dynasty ADP. Some of the other players being drafted or ranked uh, in that same range. Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, A.J. Brown, Chris Godwin. I, I kind of feel like I'd rather have all of those guys Me than too. Juju at this point. Is, Me too. You agree? Yeah. yeah. I think we'll probably that'll be, get spelled out a little bit more with the Twitter poll, too. They. Oh. I think when you really start thinking about it, you can easily come up with nine or ten names you'd prefer. Yeah, yeah. The the Twitter polls were pretty brutal. The recent trades, again, we find these at Dynasty League Football using our Trade Finder tool. Julio Jones and Juju Smith-Schuster for Michael Thomas. That's a blockbuster. What do you think about mm. that one, Matt? I think I want the Thomas side. I, I worry about Julio long-term. I hate the state of the Falcons. Could he get traded to the Packers next week or something? Maybe. Who knows? Um, but Michael Thomas is a stud and is proven, and uh, I think he's a little bit out of sight, out of mind. I'll, I'll take the stud on that one. Uh, the next two surprised me even more. Juju Smith-Schuster for Austin Eckler, even up, and that is post-Eckler injury. That happened after he had been uh, basically ruled out for several weeks. Just feels like you could could get more but maybe not maybe when i when i look at these polls uh, maybe that's just not the the case anymore the last trade juju smith schuster for a first and a second round pick so yeah just one first and, yeah. and a second that's it i mean there's a lot of receivers out there and i don't know that he distinguishes himself that's true we talked about that that receiver depth uh, to end yesterday's show and and that's another thing that's going against uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and really any of these struggling wide receivers we could even throw Julio Jones into that with with the injury and and uh, a down game earlier in the season uh, why even why even take Julio Jones if you can have 20 or 30 of these other wide receivers who are younger and and are producing right now right it, it just it hurts their value so quickly so I think that's one thing that the depth does is it causes players, whether they're hot or cold, they're making big jumps uh, up or down because of that. All right, let's get to the Twitter polls. These were rough. I, I told my <laughs> followers on Twitter I was dreading doing this one because I pretty much knew how the results would go, and, and they were even worse than I thought. Uh, we've got about a dozen wide receivers here, and when when I'm – 
pairing these players against uh, other players at their position, I'm, I'm basically trying to find a middle ground. Sometimes I, I know what the outcome will be uh, in, in either direction, but I, really my goal is to try to put the player that we're focused on in the middle. Juju did not land in the middle of this group. Uh, he was selected or, or preferred over Hollywood Brown. Uh, pretty easily. Hollywood Brown gets 36% of the vote head-to-head against Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, Juju was chosen over Odell Beckham, uh, who got 46%, so somewhat of a toss-up there. Everybody else, everybody else, yeah. Matt, was picked ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster. Some of these uh, were were pretty obvious. Uh, Terry McLaurin and A.J. Brown topped the list. They both got 72%. Uh, we talked about D.J. Moore last week uh, as as one of these guys like Juju who was uh, starting to lose lose the luster a little bit. But he still gets 70% of the vote uh, head-to-head against uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Kenny Galladay, we actually had three players with 67%. Kenny Galladay, Stefan Diggs, Allen Robinson – all picked ahead of Juju. Yeah. What do you think about this one? Justin Jefferson, 62% compared to 38% for Juju. That one that one surprised me. I guess that it was that steep. I think that's closer to 50-50, 55-45. But I'll trade you Juju for Jefferson. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. We we say it every week. These are not. This is not a, a scientific experiment. Of course, you know, of course. We're, 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 this is. We have to view these results fairly loosely. But sixty two percent tells me I've got to give you Juju and probably a second round pick to get Jefferson. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm doing that to get Jefferson. I still have some doubts that Jefferson's going to be a great player. But if we're in a startup, I'm taking Jefferson over Juju. Yeah. Mike Evans, 56%. Jerry Judy, 52%. So another surprise, if you think about it that way, that Jefferson uh, was actually a a more popular choice than Jerry Judy, uh, both rookie wide receivers, and and typically Mm -hmm. we see Judy valued higher. So I disagree with that. I'd rather Judy. Yeah, I would as well. So that's that's the story. Uh, for Juju Smith-Schuster, if you are still a believer, I certainly am. Now looks like a great time to go out and make some offers for him. Maybe you offer Jerry Judy. Maybe you offer Justin Jefferson, um, Mike Evans. Those those are all players in uh, in these Twitter polls that were chosen ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster. Doesn't mean you can get the deal done in your league, but mm-hmm. uh, it, at least worth a shot. I think even even if he goes somewhere else, and like you said, that's that's looking like um, probable. I would say right, right, looking more and more like the reality. Uh, but even if he does, this is this is still a guy who can play, who can be a fantasy uh, option moving forward. And he's twenty three still, I think. Yeah, I mean that's the yeah. thing is he's super young and super productive as twenty three year olds go over history. It's not like he's going to fall off a cliff. I would worry. We saw this a little bit last year. I would worry if he goes, which you know one will know now when you get him. If he becomes a free agent, goes to a team, and that team looks at him as their number one, I, I think he's Robin. He's not Batman. Yeah, yeah. Well, with the with the Deontay Johnson role, with the Chase Claypool role, that's 
that's becoming pretty evident. And uh, again, we can maybe say the same thing about the guy we were talking about last week, DJ Moore. Um, so maybe those two, those two guys may be in similar spots right now. And they certainly are when it comes to their dynasty value um, fading just a little bit early in this 2020 season. Matt, when we come back, we'll get into our second dynasty value study. It's going to be Lamar Jackson. Very fun. Excited to talk about Lamar Jackson. Also, I'm excited to tell you guys about Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. Um, Of course, everything's going to be a little different this year. Not that I go to games, but I always have an open seat ready for me at the Steeler games. Well, I don't do that now. I mean, that's for sure. They're starting to let people into the seats, but in the seats in general. But Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through games game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Matt, as I said earlier, our second dynasty value study of the day is Lamar Jackson. Uh, it's It's been disappointing so far. I think that's fair to say. And, and after what we saw last year, the MVP uh, play from Jackson, the, the record rushing, uh, not only from him, but from the Ravens as a team, we had to know that this 2020 season would be um, would be a step back for Lamar and, and for that entire offense. I think it's maybe been a little worse than, than most expected though. Sure. Uh, so far through, through five weeks, Jackson does have a, a quarterback four game in week one quarterback six in week four. Uh, but the other three weeks he's been the quarterback 18 or worse. Uh, and he's been outside of the top 20 in two of those games. Um, so, so much worse yeah. than last year. I think last season he was only outside of the top 15, just one time. We've already seen it three times this year through five weeks. So before we get into some of the other, uh, some of the other data, when it comes to Jackson's dynasty value, what have you seen from the Ravens from Lamar specifically? And how worried are you as a dynasty player? couple things. I think the league now isn't taken aback by what Baltimore's doing. They spent all offseason, particularly in the division. This is what the Ravens' offense is. We now have a better handle of what they're trying to do and how they're trying to fool us. I think the loss of Marshall Yonda is bigger than people would admit. You know, that that interior of the O-line isn't quite the same. I've often said that one of the biggest weaknesses of this team is they don't have a dependable chain-moving wide receiver. They have a bunch of young guys, but they don't have that Derek Mason, Steve Smith, Anquan Bolden guy that's been there like my whole lifetime that on third and six is getting the ball. Um, I also think that if you sat down with Coach Harbaugh, he would tell you, we consciously, consciously, consciously want to take a few you know carries off Lamar's plate. We know we're playing with fire injury-wise, Let's reduce that workload a little bit by design. And then what I don't think they saw coming, and I'm not super worried about this, is he simply hasn't thrown the football as well this year as he has last year. Yeah, I think that's that's a great point. And I heard someone else or saw someone else mention this 
after the game on Sunday. They're playing the Bengals. They they pretty much are are on cruise control for almost the entire game. And yeah. and Jackson runs. I, th- I think he ran ran the ball twice and he gains three yards. So it did almost feel like they were experimenting a little bit as far as uh, let's let's try to improve on this passing. Let's focus uh, this game that we've we've got in control. Let's just focus on throwing the ball uh, and getting that connection getting with Mark Andrews, yeah. getting that connection with Hollywood Brown. And we saw both of those guys score touchdowns. So um, hopefully that helped. But as as fantasy players, uh, not only has the passing been worse, the, the running hasn't really been there. He has just one rushing touchdown on the year. Um, he's only been uh, over 55 yards one time. So – we we certainly got spoiled last year, and that just made me think how how much is his value falling? Uh, so that's that's why I wanted to see what the community was thinking about Lamar Jackson after five games. Yeah, that's interesting. Let's dig into that. I'm, uh, I'm curious too. So over at DLF, both his uh, ranking among quarterbacks and his ADP among quarterbacks still is quarterback two. Of course, Patrick Mahomes quarterback one. And if you go back to the off season, there was there was the discussion. It it felt like a a fifty fifty as far as are you a Mahomes guy or are you a Jackson guy? After what we saw last season, plenty of people were preferring Lamar Jackson. That's not really the case now. We'll talk about some trades in a minute, but let's jump to the Twitter polls. Patrick Mahomes ninety four percent. I, I said it earlier. I, I I knew how that poll wow. would go. I certainly knew Mahomes would would win that poll. I didn't think it would be that wide. Yeah, it's a total landslide. Yeah, so so not even close. Uh, basically, uh, almost everyone preferring Patrick Mahomes to Lamar Jackson, and I, I get it, right? I mean, we saw we saw the play from Jackson last year. Maybe he drew even from a, a dynasty value standpoint, but Mahomes just keeps going, keeps putting up these video game numbers, and and Jackson's taken a step back, and that that's really all it took for him to fall um, out of that conversation for QB one overall. I think that's a little bit misleading in that me, you, probably all of our listeners, if you had to pick between Mahomes and Lamar, you'd take Mahomes. But it doesn't mean right. it's a landslide difference. You know what I mean? Like, it's an easy right. choice to take Mahomes, but it doesn't mean, boy, they're not even close. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And and that's that's a good point for sure. Um, it did surprise me, though, that Russell Wilson was very close and Russell Wilson was actually uh, the preferred option there. 53% for Russ, 47% for Lamar Jackson. Uh we know the story with Russell Wilson. He's he's playing the best ball of his career. Uh, everybody's ready to anoint him the MVP after five weeks, and uh, so far he's he's deserving of that. The Seahawks are five and zero, I believe. So everything kind of going Russell Wilson's way this year. I'd still rather still, have Lamar for fantasy. I, I'd rather have Lamar for fantasy, and and certainly for dynasty, yeah, as well. Um, I mean, Wilson's not going away anytime soon, but I mean, Lamar is several, several years younger than him still has the rushing upside and, and all of these guys on this list can run the ball, but Lamar does it better than, than any of them. I think. 
No, by far. And to me, Lamar's still clearly the two and maybe closer to one than three. With all respect to Wilson, his age hurts me a little bit. Unfortunately, Dak is no longer in that conversation, but I think he would have been if we had this conversation a week ago. Kyler's not playing all that great. I can't quite leap in the deep end 100% on Josh Allen yet. Watson's been a little down. The rookies are too unproven for me. So he's two for me, and it's easily, easily two. Yeah, I'm I'm with you for sure. Uh, like I said, I thought the community might feel a little differently. Uh, we did see Wilson uh, leap ahead of Lamar Jackson. Everybody else, Lamar Jackson takes out pretty easily in these head-to-head polls. Kyler Murray, 38%. Josh Allen, 29%. Joe Burrow, 22 And Deshaun Watson, just 20%. Uh, we've talked about that group of uh, of six or seven quarterbacks, seven or eight quarterbacks. Of course, Dak not in this group due to his injury. Um, but Watson was the guy we said that maybe is is close to falling out. And and although it's a narrow margin, we see Joe Burrow getting a larger percentage than Deshaun Watson there. So that's maybe starting to become a reality. Matt, when we come back, we will wrap up the show with a couple of listener questions. I have told you guys a lot about Built Bar, and they're pretty much a staple in my household, and they go quick when they show up at the door. Everyone's excited to see them, and then they don't last. But uh, the the improved Built Bar is even more delicious, sir. I like that word. And there's a couple new flavors that we're pretty excited about here. Caramel brownies big here. Cookies and cream. Apple almond crisp is one I like a lot. Plus, they have 12 original flavors on top of the new six ones. German chocolate, raspberry, double chocolate, salted caramel, amongst the others. But those are some of my favorites and my family's favorites. Um, One of the things, my my wife's like a chocolate connoisseur. And the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. And it's not like that waxy, you know, chocolate that you get on a lot of these bars. It's much more of a real... Uh, not fake plasticky kind of chocolate. It's very, very good. And they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are very healthy. Uh, they're great for the health conscious guy out there. They're, they're low cal, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for keto diet. Um, for example, the um, let me pull one of these up here. Cookies and Cream has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and they're really filling too. So here's what you do. Uh, Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. So you even given away a, co- a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Um, go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, and you get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at Built Bar. I also wanted to tell you about another sponsor of ours. Sponsors are rolling in hot and heavy here on the Locked On Network because we're growing so fast. But um, I want to tell you about Roman. Um, It can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves. But Roman is here to get you the advice you want and help you need with no shame. Um, How often do you use excuses like, "Ah, I had a long day at work or I'm just not feeling it. It isn't easy to talk about erectile dysfunction, but Roman makes it easy to discuss and treat ED. A healthy life includes a healthy sex life, but if you struggle with erectile dysfunction, you may not feel like your best self. You may want help with ED. Roman connects you with a real U.S. licensed healthcare professional who can prescribe the medicine you need. 
Uh, with Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED from all the comfort and privacy of your home. Getting started is super simple. Just go to getroman.com slash locked on, all one word, and complete an online visit. Um, just go to, again, just go to getroman.com slash locked on to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash locked on for up to 50 bucks off your first month of ED treatment. Getroman.com slash locked on. Matt, let's wrap up today with a couple of listener questions. First one comes from Ed Clinton. That's at E.H. Clinton on Twitter. And Ed says, if Miles Sanders is the bell cow, and it seems like he is, how many guys would you rank ahead of him? How are you feeling about Miles Sanders after four or five weeks, Matt? Love him. I'm a big fan of his talent. Uh, I think he's cut down on fumbles since Penn State. I think he's come become a more complete runner. Um, obviously that offense has really been sputtering, but he had a big run against the Steelers this past week. He's involved in the receiving game. I honestly don't have a list handy in front of me, but I think he's clearly a top 10 back and maybe there's a couple names we could throw out. Um, I'm a fan I don't think there's going to be much competition. I think that there probably won't be a, a big guy added next year either. The Eagles have massive cap problems and are going to have a lot of different areas to address that I don't think running back will be one of them. I've got seven players, seven running backs in my top tier. And the way my tiers work, are players in, in a tier are, all, are almost interchangeable. So um, these seven backs could almost go in any order. And, and every time I look at my rankings... They probably do. Okay. Uh, Christian Christian McCaffrey. Sure. Alvin Kamara. Ezekiel Elliott. You taking all of those guys ahead of Miles Sanders? Clearly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The two rookies. Yeah. But if I could turn one of them into Sanders in a little sweetener, I think the gap for me isn't as great as the gap is for the public. Okay, and, and then Saquon Barkley would be the, the seventh guy. There's little asterisks by him, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right now I've got Sanders fourth of that group, and as I said, they're mostly interchangeable, but I've got the, the big three, McCaffrey, Kamara, Zeke, and then Miles Sanders. Um, it, Josh it Jacobs almost, crossed your mind? Uh, he does, yeah, and he's he's the next guy on okay. the list for me, top top of the second tier uh, in my current ranking. So, How about Aaron yes. Jones? <sighs> He, he's a little bit lower. Um, I would I would love to see him go ahead and get that new contract. I, I think if he gets if he gets that new contract like we saw with with Dalvin Cook and um, Mixon and, and Kamara, e- Mixon Kamara. even even Kareem Hunt got got his. Um, I think Jones would would shoot up uh, closer to that first tier. Cook's not in that conversation for you. He's not for me. I've got him tenth. Uh, I've always been worried about the injury. We saw yeah. it. Uh, unfortunately, we saw it um, Monday night. This past Sunday this night, past yeah. weekend, yeah, this past week. That's that's not one of those things you want to be right about. But uh, it has it has been a worry for me. Hopefully, it's just minor. Maybe maybe he only now. misses one game. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So he's a little bit further down the list for me. Mixon, J.K. Dobbins are in that second tier as well. But Sanders is a is a tier one back for me, uh, and to. 
to answer uh, Ed's question. I've got three guys ahead of him. That's it. Sounds like maybe you're a little bit lower, but not too much. Well, yeah. I mean, him versus Jonathan Taylor is interesting to me. I don't know if that's a slam dunk in Taylor's favor. I wanted to see more out of Taylor by now. Yeah, yeah, same here. Next question and the last question comes from John Dynasty. That's at John DFL. He says, what do you do with someone like Miles Gaskin, James Robinson, or Alexander Madison if you're if you are rebuilding? They're young, but not necessarily uh, projected to be long-term starters. What do you do with them uh, from a re- from a rebuilding perspective? I think that's a great Me too. question. Me too. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, if you're if you're a rebuilding team, you should be so active on the waiver wire. And guys like Miles Gaskin and James Robinson are players you should be aggressively scooping up every single week if possible. And the reason is not because you're trying to piece together uh, some close wins and sneak into the playoffs, but you want to piece together uh, valuable players, as many valuable players as you can. Uh, and that doesn't always mean uh, long-term value. So absolutely, you should be trading these players if you don't believe they're long-term starters. And that goes, I mean, that's that's an easy call with Gaskin or, or maybe even James Robinson, Madison. I think, I think Robinson and Madison are both probably more talented than Gaskin. That's probably my, yeah. my opinion. Uh, and, and they certainly carry more trade value. But none of them are star talents. No, but if you get... Uh, if you get a, a second for Madison and a, a couple thirds for Gaskin and a late first for, for Robinson, you know, now, now you're really cooking. Exactly. So trade them one for Ayuk or Higgins or, you know, right. It really comes down to how far, how far away your rebuild is. If you're at the beginning of a rebuild and you don't think you're competing, uh, until 2022 or, or maybe even later, then absolutely you you want to ship these guys off and you don't even want to invest in running backs honestly as far as uh, you yet. know don't try to trade for don't try to trade for Saquon Barkley because he's hurt uh if you're not competing for two or three years uh, the last piece we of the might puzzle. be right exactly last piece of the puzzle wait until you are ready to compete before really focusing on acquiring those running backs so get them off the waiver wire flip them uh, keep adding, adding picks, get some young wide receivers. That's, that's always a good move. Uh, and, and just keep working that rebuild, but definitely, uh, John sell Gaskin, sell Robinson, sell Madison, sell really almost all of those running backs. If you're far away from competing. Yeah. I mean, I think his question is why should I sell young guys? Well, that's the, the beauty of them is people are going to want them. You know, they're not going to be hard sells. And when that puzzle does come together two years from now, it probably wouldn't include Gaskin or Robinson or maybe even Madison, no matter what. You have very little invested in these guys, even if you use the you know, mid-second or late-second round pick on Madison a year or two on a rookie draft. You can still get profit on all of them. Take the money and run, and the other team might be very happy to take them off your hands, and it'll give you plenty, especially as you know, these, un- these injuries keep settling in across the league. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been rough. It's been rough for sure. 
Matt, that will do it for today. Uh, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.